Welcome back to the Minor League Podcast. I'm your host, Savannah Robinson, here with my co-host, Blue Robinson. Hey, Savannah. How are you doing this fine November afternoon? <laughs> Good. How are Snowing you? Snowing outside. Oh, uh, the cold. Yeah. Man, we went right from Halloween to, to winter. Honestly, a couple days. <laughs> um, so today, we I had an insane week. We can just start you that off. You and Savannah have had an intense week. <laughs> yeah, like, probably the it's craziest been, one of my life. I was thinking about this when you came home um, on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, good night. She has had her hands full. And then you had a few... <laughs> Bonus. Yeah, we had a few good issues. Days. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I was really, I was really kind of impressed by um, the way that you internalized some of the things that you were, you were taught. You yeah. wanted to talk about that. Yeah. Um. So, I am in our ninth grade health, and this week we have been preparing for um, one of our lessons that's called cross the line. Now we had a few days where our teacher. Um, kind of just took those days to build up a really safe environment in the classroom. And he shared some really personal stories, just trying to get in touch with us so that when this day would come, we would all feel safe and ready for this. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you guys don't know what the cross the line is, um, you have two lines on the ground and you all stand as a class on one side. And then our teacher is asked, he asks the whole class to be very quiet and he asks some very personal questions and then um, if it relates to you, you cross over this line. And it got really challenging. I'm going to tell you that. It started off being pretty simple. What was this What was this assignment for? Like, what, what, what did it... We have been on the topic of, like, mental health and just just health in general and that sort of thing. And Mental health specifically? Yes, specifically. Okay, that's cool. Um, and we've been talking a lot about being the change in the world mm. and... Uh, looking at people from different points of views. Couldn't have happened at a better time Honestly. in our you know, environment now, huh? Yeah, okay. so it was a perfect topic to bring up. Um, and so as we've been talking about this, anyway, so he's asking, he asked us some questions and then you'd have to cross over the line. And I think the hardest part about crossing over that line was not only were the questions really hard to answer and be truthful about, uh-huh. you had to be staring back at the class of the people who didn't cross or okay, who so, didn't so relate So set to. this visual up for me. Your classroom, I would assume, is a square, yes. right? Front of the room, back of the room. How mm-hmm. did you guys do this? And, and like, how, so you, did you guys, was it just one line? There's two lines on the ground, okay. one in, one towards the front of the classroom and one towards the back, and you stand behind. You stand behind that. The one on at the each back. each side? No, just yes? you all okay. start standing behind one line gotcha. at the back of the classroom. Okay. And I can even give some examples of some of the questions he asked. Yeah. So we started off with a really simple question. And this is all the students in the line. Yes, every student. And teacher he, in front. Yeah, so he okay. gets in front of the classroom first, and he just asks that everyone's quiet throughout this and everyone's respectful and everyone kind of agreed and then he said okay we're going to get started and then the first question he asked was cross over the line if you wear glasses or contacts and at first I kind of looked at everyone like oh wow this is easy like what is this yeah and we crossed over and he goes the and at first we're all like um what's this question and he straight up goes Back then, when I was younger in junior high, he was explaining how people would be bullied for that kind of thing. You would be excluded for that difference of not being able to see. For wearing glasses. Yes. Yeah. And he was like, it's crazy how much we've come in our social economy to the point where people even have turned wearing glasses into a fashion statement. Mm -hmm. And it's something that people want to wear. And he goes, but back then people would be bullied and nicknamed because you were different. Right. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, that makes a little more sense. But I was like, that's not a hard question. And he's like, he turns to everyone. He said, thank you for being honest. You can cross back over. And those students who crossed over came back. And then we kind of started off with 
not super, super bad questions. A few of them, like at the start of it was cross over the line if you're embarrassed with your parents' social economy or that kind of stuff, yes. like how much money you make. Yeah. And there was a few students who crossed over. And they did. Yeah. A couple of them. Mm-hmm. And okay. then he kind of would ex- talk a little bit about it. And then he always would turn and say, thank you for being honest. You can cross back over. Wow. And as we caught on, he stopped halfway through and he goes, okay, guys, this is when the hard questions come in. And this is when I think the whole class just kind of like, it was already quiet, but I feel like it got more quiet, yeah. if that makes sense. Well, you're already kind of putting yourself there in an emotionally, I guess, vulnerable spot. Yeah. Right? I mean... Even small things like that, like yeah. how many of you have been embarrassed because of your parents' social economic income? Right? Yeah. And so, okay. So um, he started us off with a few more questions, and then one of the questions was, cross over the line if you've lost a parent or family member, like a sibling, um, you just like have lost them, like they, they have passed, passed away. away. Okay. And s- to my surprise, three kids crossed over that line. Wow. And I sat there, and I was like, I've seen these kids every day and that's when that first hit me and I was like wow and one of the girls just started crying right there the one of yes. them that crossed over mm-hmm. okay. one of them who's over and my teacher turns to them and he goes I would be right there with you I lost my dad and my little sister wow. it makes me even tear up talking about yeah. it yeah um and all these kids were just crying and he's talking to the people on the other side of the line so now it's starting to get emotional yeah and really he's talking charged. to these kids on the other side of the line and he's explaining how he's like you would have never guessed that these people have lost someone so close to them you see them every day and these are like the happiest people Mm -hmm. and it's crazy to look at them and be like oh wow like that happened to them and they're still okay like they're still working through everything three of those kids out of how many in your class at this time at least like 28 okay so 28 and then three of them have had personal experience with death this young yeah Wow. And so your teacher did a great job of like mm-hmm. saying, yeah, I know how you feel. Yeah. Wow. And so I, as I looked around the classroom, as just these three kids were standing over there. Only one of the girls on the other line was crying. Um, but on my side of the line with the people who didn't cross, I think almost everyone was crying. You were trying to feel it. I, huh? Yeah. And so then he's like, thank you for being honest. You can cross back over. And then he... And then the, I think one of the next questions was cross over the line if you've lost someone in your family due to drug addiction. And now every no one really crossed wow. right away. Yeah. So there's some hesitancy. There was. Okay. And then all of a sudden this one kid just crosses over that line. Hmm. And this is one kid I have sworn in my life I've never liked this kid. Mm-hmm. And just because this is like, you know, that kind of kid in school who's just really loud, super like uh, bully. Th- throws kind off that of, energy. Yeah, just yeah. like the mean kind of just rude in that sort of aspect this kid has gotten in trouble so many situations for like having drugs in the school and that kind of stuff Uh and he's just always been someone i'm like i don't like you but you've never talked to him you just i have talked to him i've talked to him and even the way he talks to me like has just bugged me like the way he talks about friends and people at school and i've always just been like i don't like the way is it like a little sharp yeah a little bit intense okay yeah Um, And he's a very, very intimidating guy, don't get me wrong. Right. And as he crossed over, my entire outlook on this kid switched. Like, I looked at him, and he was the only kid standing over there, and he wasn't making eye contact with anyone. He was just staring at his feet. And I sat there looking at him, like, this makes so much more sense on why, like, on everything he's ever done, this gives so much more of an explanation. How come? Tell me why. 
because this is the kid who brings in drugs to school and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, wow, like, why would you do that? Yeah. At first, I always just looked at it. I was like, wow, you're stupid. Why would you do that? Yeah. But I look at it now like he came from such a hard background that like, what does he do now? Like, that's his outlet is those sort of things. Someone that he loved passed away. Due to the things that he now has his hands on. Yeah. Um, so that was really hard. So you changed your perspective that right there, huh? It did. And then one of the other questions was cross over the line if you've ever wanted to change the way you look. Now, every single girl in that classroom crossed over. Girls. Girls, only girls. There was no boys. And it was so sad looking at all of these girls who even I have looked at and been like, wow, they're perfect. Like, I wish I looked like them. All right. And our teacher sat there and he... Did um, you cross over? Yeah. Yeah. And Very when, honest. Yeah. And when our teacher sat there, he looks at all the boys and he goes, boys, you're probably staring at them right now. Like, they don't need a change at all. They're yeah. perfect. All of the boys, a few of them tears in their eyes, nodded their head to us. And that just... Oh my gosh, all the girls just kind of broke down staring at each other too that like all these guys were so accepting at the fact that they don't need anything different. And you wouldn't have known, right? I uh-uh. mean, really, you're just cuz you're you're just yeah. kind of you're guessing and second guessing yourself. You really are. Right. Wow. Um and I think another one he asked was if you've ever judged someone before meeting them. Mm. The whole class on that one crossed over every single person. That is honest. Yeah. Wow. And we all sat there and he goes, "Even I have." And wow. he goes, and not only he's like, not only does this always mean it's a bad thing to assume or um, judge people before meeting them, but we do it often as just an instinct sort of situation. One hundred percent. Yeah, we all do that. Honestly, and we all kind of just like we're looking at each other, like nodding, like wow. Yeah, we, we all do that, but it's it's then becoming mindful of it to then have that thought, but then second guess it, like yeah. you did with this with this kid. Oh right? yeah. Wow. Um, Holy cow, Savannah. Yeah. And so I'm trying to think of a few of the other questions. Um, There were some really, really tough ones. And then I think, I mean, uh, one of them was um, he asked everyone to cross over who has ever felt alone. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of kids who crossed over. And we all kind of sat there and he goes, look around. You're not the only one who Mm -hmm. feels like this. Clearly, like everyone's felt alone. And then... Um, wow. the kids who didn't cross over, I don't know if it was, I don't think it was because they didn't ever feel alone because those kids didn't look up. They yeah. kept their head down, yeah. which is perfectly fine. He also told us at the beginning that we didn't need to, um, participate. we didn't need to participate, but everyone, I kind of like, just like did it. They got very vulnerable. They huh? really did. Um, and then I think towards, there were some other really hard and tough Another questions. question that you, you told us when you came home about, has an adult ever hurt you? Oh, yeah, we had that one. <laughs> there was way too many kids that didn't have crossed over. Like, there was so many, and it just hurt. And I feel like half the time that I was crying in there wasn't about myself and the things, but it was, like, empathy towards all these people who have experienced these sort of situations. Wow, man. And he sat here. Um staring at those kids who had crossed over me on the other side as well mm-hmm. and he looked at all of us and just kind of goes he should have just said you will never feel that in my classroom i will never allow anyone to do that to you wow. because even if it's just a teacher saying something rude that offends you mm-hmm. and those kids just lost it again 
towards the end of the class, after all of that, we all had kids bawling their eyes out. Yeah. Um, wow. And then the last question he asked was, crossover if you need a hug. Mm-hmm. And a ton of kids did. And so everyone kind of just hugged it out. And then he was like, hey, by the way, the counselors and the office people know what's going on. If you need a break, like, you're allowed to go to the office, get a note, be late to class. You can go talk to the counselors, um, anything you want. And... I was doing okay at this point. I had, I barely had, I teared up and cried a little bit in class, but I'd sucked it all up because I knew I had to get to my next class. And so I wiped away all the tears and I was walking out of this classroom, head up. Mm-hmm. And I get out trying to look for some friends and I just see this one girl just bawling her eyes out still. And she's holding her hands with one of these friends. And so I just felt obligated to go over and hug her. I've never, ever talked to this girl in my life. And she sits next to me in this class. Um, And I walk over and I just hug her. And she's one of the girls who had crossed over. I think her dad had passed away. And so I gave her a hug and I just said, I'm so sorry for your loss. And she just broke down to me, this person I never had a conversation with. And the first conversation I was having was over someone she had lost. Uh And it was so sad just feeling how vulnerable everybody was in those situations that, like, I then lost it again. Just, like sitting there crying and I was just hugging this girl and like talking to her about how everything's gonna be okay and then I walked over still bawling hugging some of my friends I was like okay I'm gonna go take a break I can't get to class right right yet um and I go into the bathroom and I'm talking to some of my friends some of my friends don't have this class till next semester and um we're sitting here talking and they were just like well what what were some of the questions and I start naming off some like things and I made every kid in that bathroom start bawling by just the questions he asked. Yeah. They're like, those are hard. And I was like, yeah. So after I like calmed myself down and went to the office to go get a note, and the office lady looked at me and she was like, hey, is this from health? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, would you mind giving? She's like, I've had kids in here all day. Like, I kind of know what's going on, but like, what are they doing? So I kind of explained it to her and she goes, oh, but like what questions? And I just gave her the example of if you've lost someone in your family. And I made the office lady start falling. And I didn't know how to feel. It's like, oh, shoot. And she was like, I don't need any more examples. And was like trying to cut me off. She's like, I'm good. Like, that's so hard. And was just bawling. She goes, take your time. I can write this note for even longer. Like, I didn't realize how bad this was. And I was their third period. Mm -hmm. So they still had periods to go. Um, But I remember just sitting there like, I was like, holy crap. Like, I'm making so many people cry over this. And it wasn't like... I feel like it wasn't only my experience and the kids in that class, but it was, like, that whole school's experience. Well, the whole emotional, like, I guess, foundation changed that day at school, didn't it? It did. Because you said that you had seen kids then at lunchtime and throughout the day. Yeah. And I'd walked into so many classes, and it was hours later, hours after this class, and I would still see a kid in the back with their head down or puffy-eyed or still, like, crying. And it was was hard, like, because at least, like, I had finally had calmed down, but, like, it broke my heart each time still seeing a kid not over it. And so I kind of was just like, wow, like this is rough. And I remember like even in math, my friend walked in and I hugged her because she's like, I just, her friend had just finished the class. It's like, it's so hard. And there was this one other girl who was in my health class who had it third period and she was still just crying with her head down. So I went over and I hugged her and talked to her a little bit too at the end of the class. And she just was explaining how this is so hard. And she's like, I feel like it's not even for me anymore. And everyone I talked to said it wasn't about them, but it was about everyone else. Like how much empathy they felt for everyone there. Mm. Um, And then 
anyways, it comes to lunchtime. And I'm sitting down with all my friends and we're all over it and we're just kind of laughing, trying to lighten up the mood. And I just got a feeling and I was like, hey, how about we go talk to our teacher? His name's Coach Jex. I go, how about we go check in on Jex? And they all kind of looked at me confused like, what? And I go, I feel like he's been asking everybody how they're doing, but no one's asked him. Mm-hmm. And they all were like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So we found him in the hallway. He was doing like the lunch waiting. So he was just eating his lunch in the hallway. And I walked over to him with this big group of girls. And I was just like, hey, I we all wanted to check in and see if you're doing okay. And I just explained, I was like, I feel like you've been checking in on everyone and doing so much, but I don't know how many people have asked you. And he just hmm. looked at us and started tearing up. And he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm not okay, but I called my wife and I've been talking to her about it. And he goes, it doesn't get easier each year I do this. Um, he's like, but it's so worth it. And he's like, just wait till tomorrow when we get to put our handprints up on the wall. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Anyways, he just kind of smiled at us when we walked off. And um, that next day at school, uh, he started off the class. And the first thing he said made me want to cry again as I'm sitting there just um we're writing on our paper just like our emotions about yesterday and I'm sitting there writing and he's just talking to the class and he goes out of the all 13 years I've done this yesterday I had a group of students come up and ask me how I was the first time and he's like that was the first time anyone's ever done that he didn't name names but he was just talking about our group and I just started smiling because it made me feel so like good about myself that I felt the need to go up and ask him. And then um, we got to go put paint on our hands and put it on a paper that we hang up in the hallway showing that we completed it. And we did that. And at the end of the class, I came in to grab my backpack and he kind of just pulled me aside. And he's like, thank you so much. I don't think you understand how much I needed that. Yeah. And it broke me even more just sitting there. I was like, wow, like... As an adult, like even this adult yesterday was crying with these students and he was even tearing up just talking to me alone in this classroom. And it's so hard to think that like no one asked him for 13 years yeah. how he was doing. I'm so glad I changed that and I was the first one to say something. Um, but even after that, I remember like the day of going into my fourth period right after it happened and I was all bright red from crying my eyes out and my teacher in the class like he didn't know what's going on and he turned around and he like looked at me he's like hey are you okay like do you need a sec I was like oh no just health today was rough he's like oh that's what they're doing but like every time someone asked if I was okay I loved that and normally I hate when people are like hey are you okay like that's the worst thing to me (laughs) I'm like don't ask um Mm -hmm. (laughs) but every time someone did that like it was just showing, like, I hadn't even been crying anymore. Like, my face wasn't even red, but people could somehow could just feel, feel yeah. that they needed to, like, check in. And there's kids checking in on other kids all day. And it was my favorite thing. And that next day in class, the atmosphere was so, so different. Even with the kids happy again and laughing, like, you could just feel how different the setting was. And yeah. it was it was insane. <laughs> God, Vanna, I, when, you, when you called mom... Um, we were, I was just about ready to jump into a session and mom got that weird kind of parent panicky voice. Like what's going on? And (laughs) whenever you hear that weird twang, I'm thinking, oh, great. Last time I heard that you broke both your arms at school. (laughs) Right. And so I was listening real closely and then she's, I I watched her whole face kind of change when she realized that you weren't hurt, Mm -hmm. 
but you just needed to talk to your mom for a sec. Yeah. You know? And listening to what you said when you came home, we were out raking the leaves and stuff, and, and feeling your energy again, too. I was like, first of all, as a parent, um, I am in awe of your health teacher for for the willingness to put a lot of you guys in an emotionally vulnerable spot in a very emotionally safe environment. Yeah, I love the fact that you said days before he kind of prepped you guys. Mm-hmm. There's no way he could have prepped you fully though, because no. it so, that's, <laughs> that's that's intense. That, yeah, but by doing that and, and laying down that foundation of emotional safety, when the day come, and you kind of said he set the tone. Yeah. So not only did he prep you before, but then he set the tone. And here's the thing: he explained that entire week that it wasn't. No one should feel like obligated to do it. Like if you don't want to, you can just sit and listen. You didn't know you didn't the capacity of what it was going to be. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. And the day, the day right before, he shared a story on his, um, on his friend who killed himself and passed away. Yeah. And he got super, super emotional just telling that story. And like, I feel like that was probably the biggest thing. Cause even then kids were like, wow. Like after class, everyone was talking about it. Like a teacher just shared that. Like yeah. you don't think a teacher is going to get into their personal life at all, but he really does. And I feel like that helped so much just like him showing that he's okay to like be vulnerable in front of his own class and explain that kind of stuff um, so that he can be like, you guys are okay to feel like that too. Well, and and that's kind of, I guess, also demonstrated when you you guys went and approached him that he was honest with you. Yeah. That he didn't say, yeah, I'm I'm okay, like most people do. Yeah. He said, no, this is really hard. Yeah. This hurts. Like he was honest oh, with you. Yeah. Most adults don't do that because they don't think that you as as youth, teenagers, you know, kids have anything to offer mm-hmm. when all you are doing is is, you know, seeking a little bit of of support and being like, "Are you all right?" Like that to me is mind-blowing. Yeah. You know, and so there's so many times Savannah that like uh, there the, the adults we miss these things. Mm. And you come from a family here where you probably noticed that your dad's really super sensitive to other people. Yeah. You know, um, I'm, I'm what they call an empath. And I don't talk about it too much because mm-hmm. it's intense, but I feel really deep on a lot of levels with, with people. Mm-hmm. You are as well. Yeah. And it's a, it's a blessing and it's a curse. That's why I think that um, the shift in academics, you know, not just in what you're going to know and book knowledge, mm-hmm. but the development of, um, of uh, the emotional like aspects, like the emotional processing and thinking, yeah. like the emotional currency mm-hmm. um, is so important, you know, because yeah. I think in the future, we're going to be doing a lot more with that emotional side of us than we mm-hmm. ever will with the, with an educational base. Definitely. Um, I, I mean, people, they hate it. They call it, they call you snowflakes and all this other stuff, but guess what? <laughs> yeah. I would much rather have a sense of empathy and be like emotionally aware and have emotional awareness than to be a a, a rigid, you know, get off my lawn kind of guy. Exactly. There's a shift in in that. But what's funny is, is what you're saying on a micro scale is what macro scale is going on in our country right now Mm -hmm. with, with the results of this election and whatnot. And there's a lot of passion and if people would, would knock it off and take a step out of the fear Mm-hmm. of the worry, you know, of the yeah. anxiety and start seeing each one of us for who we authentically are. You did that for a day. You yeah. saw all those fellow students as they authentically are. Mm-hmm. What did that do for you? 
it changed. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever, like, like even those the girl I hugged the day she was bawling, I came back the next day, and she didn't say anything to me. Um, and I didn't really say anything to her either. But, like, it's, like, I know, like, soon enough these kids are going to forget this. And it was, like, an emotional time. But it's not going to be something they remember. Um, I don't know how much it'll ever – it probably – but I feel like it was so good to let it impact them that hard just for one day. Because mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes they don't get enough of that at home yeah. or in their social life. So the fact that, like – like, I was talking to one of my really good friends um, the day – the like after school about it and she was like as sad as it was we needed it and I sat there and I was like yeah we did and she was like she was like that is the best I felt in so long and she was talking about how she's like every day I go to school and I'm like I need to be happy I'm not allowed to show this emotion I'm not allowed to Mm. be sad at school because I'm gonna get questioned I'm gonna like I'm gonna look different and she's like but today I didn't have to worry about the fact that I was showing emotion I didn't have to worry that I was crying in front of everyone and she goes everyone was just there for me and she's like I wish that's how it would be every day where I didn't feel like I had to like come into school and be happy because I need to be for everyone so yeah. no one gets concerned or scared or worried right. um and I was like that like I didn't, didn't I hadn't thought about it like that either until she said that and I was like yeah Honestly, I do wish I could come into school every day, like even on the days I wake up in a bad mood and just be in a bad mood at school and not have people be like um, assuming all this stuff about me and just let it happen like it did that day. Like I feel like... You felt the difference. Yeah, I feel like if I come into school and like had a bad morning, like right as I see my friends, I have to be the happy again. I have to have this sort of outlook right as I get to school. And even if that means I drop it right after school, I feel like I have to do it. And it sucks. You know what's interesting about that is, have you noticed that the family's not mourning people? Yeah, right? definitely not. I remember when you guys were, were a lot younger and you needed a little bit more help getting ready and whatnot. And I remember that, like, you know, I don't know if you've noticed this, but your mother's certainly not a mourning person, Mm-mm. right? Nope. And the fun thing about that was, is, you know, there's always the, you know, to the boys, still to this day, you've wore that shirt four times in a row, go try, take it off and stuff. Yeah. But... I've always felt that if we go to school in the morning and you guys, you guys are hurting. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had a bad morning, you know, that um, it affects me tremendously Yeah. because I remember going to school having bad nights and bad mornings. Mm-hmm. And I remember just sitting there just being like empty, you know, and so yeah. I've had to talk to mom and we've done a lot of like, okay, let some stuff slide because I don't like it when... You, you guys don't start it, you know, even if it's, yeah. you know, something just, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this, at, you know, when you guys get home. Um, because that's the thing, Lou, is that would never happen when I was a kid. There, yeah. I mean, there were so many times I went to school with, with scars mm-hmm. and with wounds. Yeah. And there were times I didn't come home after school because I knew if I got home before my siblings that my stepdad would be there and it's never a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never talked about it. Never. Yeah. And I was mocked and ridiculed. I didn't have the, the clothes that my friends had. I didn't have the shoes. I had, you know, I, didn't, I had the hand-me-downs and all that crap. Yeah. And I was that way. And so you get real sensitive to that kind of stuff. Um, and so to, to, to know that, that this is an aspect, even if some forget, yeah. you, you know, there are those that will always remember. Mm-hmm. So you take that into the real world and like you see, and this is why it's hard for me too. Like you've seen me do this oh, many yeah. times when we're, 
walking around and there's there's you know there's homeless people or there's people that need help and whatnot it's hard for me to pass it by mm-hmm. because that's who we are yeah. um but you also can't take it all on at once right <laughs> yeah. the coolest thing about your experience was you guys didn't do anything for anyone else other than listen yeah. and feel that's all you needed yeah, to that's do all it took and it changed everything how was that? Like it just was, just yeah. know you didn't have to solve any of their problems? Yeah. Like I feel like last year I struggled so much with friends just because I took it upon myself to solve every problem whether I was involved or not. Mm-hmm. And it was so emotionally draining. And like I've gotten so much better with it. But even like this year like sitting there and I'm like I didn't do anything and I just made so many people feel comfortable by just hugging them or se- telling them it's going to be okay. Like I like Okay. Had to finish you, that day. You are you're bringing up a very important point that I need you to kind of drill down on. Mm-hmm. And there's a funny thing that happens to people uh, as they grow older that have addictions, and that is they are that person to everyone. Yeah. They become the junior therapist. They become kind of the reflecting board. They become the strong one in their family. They take on everyone's emotions, everyone's problems, yeah. and then they don't know how to deal with their own. Yeah. And that typically means that they find a substance or a drug of choice that helps them ease the burden. Yeah. So my question for you then is how how do you how did you get through that without trying to hide from it? Does that make sense? What did you do that said, "Hey, I I love you guys. I'm I'm here to support you, but I can't take on all your stuff." Like what did you do that shifted that mindset? I does started, that make sense what yeah, I'm asking? Yeah, it does. When those problems started arising and I knew I couldn't keep solving all of them, I started to like tune myself in more emotionally with them to the point where I could be like, I could say something that I knew would help change something, even if it was something little, like even, I don't know how I could give an example, just like with one of my friends fighting about family things and I knew what she needed to hear and it was just one small thing and I knew her parents weren't going to say it to her, so I did Mm. and it changed that, but it wasn't like I needed to take on this whole thing and talk to her for hours about it. Like I could have just said that one thing and she already felt better about it. That's very honest because what happens usually is people, they just want them to talk about it Mm -hmm. and then the person feels better, Mm -hmm. but then you're carrying it. Yeah. What you did, even though it was probably difficult to give that 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 comment or that advice or whatnot, is yeah. to say there's another side of this. You need to look at this. Yeah. You didn't take it on, but you gave Definitely, a point of view. Yeah. That's a genuine friend right there, and that's where <laughs> I think most people with addictions. That's where they struggle. Is it hurts Savannah, and they don't want their friend to hurt, and so we take the burden from them mm-hmm. and don't let them do it themselves, and oh, then yeah. we carry their pain, mm-hmm. and then we carry everyone's pain. And the funny thing about that is, is people use to cover pain. It's it's probably why you're, you're, the young man you're talking about has struggles because yeah. losing a loved one to addiction or just in general is painful. Yeah, it, it's hard. What a what an amazing experience. Oh yeah, it, I don't know how much that costs. I'll ever, it's not going to be the same. Definitely, even if it goes back to like different topics and that sort of thing. Once we finish this unit off. But here's the thing: is it probably won't be any different for you know, the class, you know, a year or two years down the yeah. line, but it will for you. Definitely. And the reason it will for you is because you're already in that mindset, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's hard to, not to prejudge people, you <laughs> yeah. know, but being mindful of it, to question that and to know that everybody has something difficult. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful learning experience. It was, it was 
It was incredible. So, what did you take away from this whole thing? <sighs> Definitely just, I've we've talked about it in seminary too, which is funny that this is our topic. Whenever you're talking to someone, um, make sure you're like addressing them even as if like, as if they're in a crisis situation where they're dying because like 90% of the time you're gonna be right, where they're in a situation where they really, really need help. Mm-hmm. So talk to them, show your listening, show your caring, be able to show that emotion even if it's hard for you. And I feel like you'll get through to a lot more people than you think. I think it's cool that you have kind of laid a foundation down for teenagers to know it's okay to be not okay. Yeah. It's okay to hurt. Definitely. And what do you think parents should do? Um, Because you saying that is kind of interesting because I feel like our family is very good Mm. at being able to take the emotional temperature. Yeah. But some aren't. What do parents need to know about how 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 to get inside of their kids' hearts? I say, like... I say just genuinely, genuinely listen to what they have to say. I like that. Take your time to understand how they feel so that way you can become more in tune with what they're trying to get across and you can it'll come easier as over time, but then that way it's easier for help or an answer. Listening or is guidance. so important, isn't it? It definitely is. It changed everything. Mm-hmm. But you know what though? I think you're right too. But just like your, your your teacher did, you've gotta if you're a parent listening to this, you've gotta set that emotional safety mm-hmm. now. You can't just after this podcast walk into your teenager's room and sit down and say, you know, hey, you know yeah, open up? your heart. You can't exactly. do that. Yeah. You've gotta do the prep work just like your teacher did. Definitely. Right? Yeah. I don't know, Vanna. I think that was a huge experience for you, and I'm so yeah. thank you for sharing that. I know that's, you know, I, I didn't know that you wanted to share that today, yeah. so thank you for doing so. But, um, yeah, Radio Ronan, thanks for being a, a yeah. host, addict to athlete, right? Yes, thank you. Vanna, if people want to get a hold of us, what, what can they do? we got a website, right? Yes, and we have co- uh, one-on-one with Coach Blue every Wednesday. We have meetings every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, what do you guys have? Yeah, you, what do you have tonight? Yep, <laughs> we've got our coaches meeting tonight for our sober coaches. So if you want to help become a sober coach, or if you're a parent that really needs to know how to coach a family, our sober yeah. coach training There's is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it, there's some neat things coming up and I know that as a holidays approach, there'll be more stress, mm-hmm. but we didn't get into your situation that happened uh, on Friday. <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah. why don't we, uh, put a pin in that one and give that one to him next year we about will. what to do during an emergency, huh? We can wrap that up for next week. <laughs> Vanna, you live a very interesting life. I'll tell you. I do. Um, but thank you for sharing that with me too. It was, it was an honor to be able to be on this side of it and, and listen to you because, uh, you got some you got some good you got a good heart inside that chest of yours it must come from your mom i don't know Probably. but nonetheless um yeah yeah until next time there are no ordinary moments athletes coach blue robinson here i wanted to personally thank each of you for downloading sharing subscribing and leaving us reviews for all of our podcasts and our youtube videos we'd like to extend the offer to you to join and become a member of the Patreon family. By becoming a Patreon subscriber, you're able to help Addict to Athlete as we move this team across the country and hopefully the world. The donations that you offer help increase our outreach and allow us a bigger platform to help expand our message to all those who are affected with drugs and alcohol. Team Addict Athlete has established five tiers of support, starting with the fan at $5 a month, the super fan at $10 a month, the rookie level at $25 a month, the pro level at $50 a month, 
and the championship level donor at $100 per month. Each tier has its specific perks that you're able to choose from, starting with bonus content, leading all the way up to advertising opportunities and so on. By being a Patreon subscriber, you are qualified for all of our bonus content, exclusive deals, exclusive merchandise, and much more. It's super easy to become a Patreon subscriber and to donate to Team Added to Athletes so that we can continue to reach out and do more. We'd love for you to jump on our Patreon page, and you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash addict to athlete all one word and there you'll find the five tiers that i've just mentioned and be able to choose which one works best for you and your family we look forward to continue to grow our podcast as we've done and create a better more healthier sober life for all who we love